Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Um, what am I listening to? Sick. If it breaks once, it breaks three times. So, fun. We are uh, doing our guest star season. Unfortunately, um, due to technical difficulties, uh, JD is out today. So, I have a guest um, host with me, Kay. Say hello. Hello there. Kay, um, let everybody know who you are, what you're into, (laughs) what your likes and interests are. (laughs) I'm Kay James. I love to do local little theater, and I love the pinup scene. I'm also known as Dixie Sparks, and I belly dance and basically run around trying to find interesting things to entertain myself with. Love it. And how do you sexually identify? I am bisexual. Excellent. <laughs> I love bisexuals. <laughs> Me too. Um, and so what is your relationship with Sex in the City? Have you seen episodes? Have you watched it all the way through? I have watched a few episodes. They are, like, mildly entertaining, but nothing that keeps me, you know, addicted. Right. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and we can see why during this episode. So we're recapping uh, Season 5, Episode 6, Critical Condition. So the synopsis is, Carrie finds out she really did a number on it. Later, Samantha finds a solution for Miranda's insomnia, and no one listens to anyone. Ever. It's wild. The entire episode. The whole episode. They're the worst friends ever. (laughs) So great. Well, since you are our guest, um, who would you like to start with? Um, Let's get... Uh, the mom. Is that Miranda? Miranda, yes. Miranda out of the way. See, I'm so excited about this because I've been wanting to get a mom. I'm super (laughs) excited to jump into this. So Miranda, um, Brady is keeping her up. Mm -hmm. He's crying all night. There's no reason for him to be crying. He's not teething. He's not by way of a nice brownie from Carrie, uh, gives Miranda some time off to get her hair done. And... Then, so the baby's keeping her up, and she's, like, falling asleep during conversations, and is just basically tuned out to everything. Having a, you know, difficult baby at home, so her being a mess with her friends is totally, you know, realistic, as mother or grandmother in her life that she should be asking questions from, but definitely the neighbor... The first time she comes over and introduces herself, if it were me, I would have grabbed that woman and said, what the hell? I believe all women should support each other, but she is so isolating herself, it drove me nuts. Yeah, she definitely is, and I feel like I would probably do the same. It's hard to say all the time that I got, I think it's called colitis, like whatever it is where like the baby doesn't know how to pass gas, and yeah. she said that I had it for nine months. Oh, fun. Straight. You were so charming. It's <laughs> hell for a baby. I mean, we don't understand what they're going through and when they can't communicate to us. I have total empathy, and I would never judge a mom for that, but I had it pretty easy because I had little things she would do, projectile vomiting if you didn't burp her at the exact right moment. So, oh, no. unfortunately, I was the only <laughs> one allowed to feed her, but mm. <laughs> but I definitely had all the input. I felt very supported, you know, by my family. See, yeah, and I'm- she definitely doesn't have anyone. Not at she all. She has, like, Ridiculously isolated, and no wonder she's going. Yeah, I feel like I would have asked that lady for help right away only because I'm a complainer. <laughs> like, she would have been like, why is the why is your baby crying? It's 2.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I don't know. You mm. check him out. <laughs> you fix it. <laughs> you do it. I don't know what's happening. He just keeps crying, and I don't know why. Help mm. me. And just yeah. beg at that point. But yeah, she definitely doesn't like to accept help from anyone. I think there's no point in reinventing the wheel. You know, women have been dealing with this for, you know, whatever, but like why we feel so isolated and why we feel the need to look perfect and not need help is ridiculous. It's difficult to to ask for help though. Like in general, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have that problem. 
I know I definitely have that problem where it's like a pride thing. Yeah. But I think I think we set our expectations so high because we were raised to have, you know, high standards and everything. And if we admit defeat or admit that we need advice or help, it's some sort of weird failure. And it's just blah. Yeah. It's horrible. I hate that. Yeah. It's terrible. We should ask for more help. But I think we're like afraid of people holding it against us. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Of, like, people later on being like, well, you know, I helped you with this, so you need to help me with this thing that I don't really want to do. <laughs> <laughs> there should definitely be reciprocation. <laughs> but I don't know. I think you also have to be at the mental state where you can help. So that's something I've yeah. learned as I've aged, is not everybody's at the point where they can help me. So Yeah, that's true. And Carrie... I, I wrote down that Carrie says, call me if you need anything, which I thought, like, ah, that's the most helpfully unhelpful thing. It felt very empty when she yeah. said it. You know what I mean? I, you don't see her over there, you know, washing burp rags. So mm-hmm. exactly. um, it felt very empty. And that kind of makes sense for that character, though. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Carrie's pretty self-centered. It's really upsetting when everybody is like, you're a Carrie. I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, like, that hurts my feelings. Damn. But I felt like she did finally accept help from the neighbor mom. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really good. Yes. Um, She gave her an oscillating chair, which basically like my mom did the the cheap thing which was she just turned on the dryer not sure. like just by itself <laughs> here you go kid vibrate right off the ends like but i think that that's i feel like that's something that miranda should have read in a book right like you yeah. had nine months and you didn't want to prepare for this at all <laughs> there is the classic what to expect book and like i, I don't know there's so much out there but i don't know if you think you have your shit together and you're like, I can do this. And then you're not realizing what a big endeavor it is. It could get overwhelming quick. Yeah. So. She definitely. But yeah, the oscillating chair thing. I was like, that's such a great thing. Oh, yeah. Had that. Had the swing. Had, like, the bouncy thing that hung in the doorway. I had. <laughs> Kids are. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're here to talk about this <laughs> while Miranda has a kid. Because I've been want. I'm like, can we get a mom on here? Yeah. It's been a minute, though. Both my kids are done grown so yeah but you remember yeah it's something you never forget yeah like i feel like i raised my sister but i was like eight when she was born okay so there's parts where i'm like oh yeah i remember that <laughs> i remember the diaper genies i'm an old old hand yep. at this and i'm like Did no the diaper genie <laughs> like not really it was like a part-time mom <laughs> when it was convenient mm-hmm. it's so like we- many moms nowadays yeah <laughs> true true <laughs> Yeah, they're so I was I was at lunch with somebody the other day who was like, Yeah, my friend is um is is like a little worried because she still hasn't met a guy and like she's kind of getting like to the end of like childbearing years and I was like, That's me. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay and I'm like, But do I want it? No, I certainly don't. Yeah, I think you're <laughs> I don't want a kid right now. I think you're at a certain age where you realize what you want and what you don't want and what you need. Yeah. I think some women have a need to reproduce and have right. that bond to a child. And then others of you are very smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I never was. Yeah, I just. You're just like. Made the babies and then figured it out later. <laughs> yeah. But ha- got two great kids out of it. So that's what's important. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. So that was uh, pretty much everything that happens with Miranda. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to move on to Samantha? Sure. So Samantha's living her best life um, until her um, <laughs> back massager. Neck fa- massager. Yeah. yeah neck yes, massager the, fails. The neck massager. The which is like, item. it's just a Hitachi wand. Like, you're trying to like dance around it. Mm-hmm. About like what it is. And I'm like, why are you? But that's not like, that's, that is a sex toy. But I forgot back in like the 90s, it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, they are, they're making them as sex toys now, but back then, they were, like, actual neck massagers. Legit neck massagers. Until somebody got smart. <laughs> well, and that's, like, that always, growing up and becoming sexual when I did, 
that was always something that really scared me because that was something that like they were kind of very very straightforward about in sex ed was it's like do not use anything but a sex toy as a sex toy oh really yeah like there's don't remember that lesson yeah. Or maybe I just wasn't there that day. <laughs> I mean, they didn't talk about it a lot. We had a very interesting sex ed teacher. Nice. She stayed with us from when we started in, like, fourth or fifth grade all the way up to high school. So... You guys were talking about sex that whole time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? She only did sex ed. She came oh in gosh. for a week and would do sex ed for that whole week. And it was the same little old Dr. Ruth kind of lady... And so it was one of those things where you're like, I'm so, like, embarrassed, but, like, clearly you know everything. Yeah. And I think it was during one of the whole, like, okay, boys in this room, girls in this room Mm -hmm. type of, like, questions Mm -hmm. where she said that, where she was like, listen, stop putting saran wrap over your hairbrush. Like, don't do that. It's dangerous. There are sex toys for this reason. Just buy them. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) That was very cool of her to say. I, I'm i amazed that you had sex ed that long in your education because, like, literally back in my day, <laughs> back in 1932, <laughs> we, like, literally had it for a semester, like, our, I don't know, maybe freshman year, and that was it. it. That was it. You didn't have it in, like, elementary oh, school no. or middle school? Oh, no, people. Oh, we, no. We were much too young for <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, Yeah, they started really, really young with us. But I remember um, the year that made me not ever want to have sex. (laughs) Seventh grade. Um, All they did, because for some reason, you know, Dr. Roof was out that year. um, They just showed us videos of different STDs and what they looked like. Yep. We had that too. And that I was like, well, I'm never having sex. If that is what happens... Is babies and that? Mm-hmm. It's that not high it. is not good enough. <laughs> not good enough. Not worth it. Not worth the effort. Mm. I think I blanked that part out because it didn't affect me like that. So I'm like, eh. traumatized me so hard. <laughs> kind of like red asphalt in driver's ed. Eh. <laughs> it won't happen to me. Like, what, if, what even is that? And maybe that's <laughs> the age that I was at. Like, oh, nothing will happen to me. Because, you know, you mm, go through that period yes. as you're a teenager. So maybe I should have been shown that earlier. I would have been a little less promiscuous. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe you would have just been more careful. Perhaps. It would have been fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so her, her poor Hitachi magic wand breaks, which is the worst thing to ever happen. At least it happened at the beginning. True. Halfway through. Oh my God. Yeah. Halfway through or right when you're about yes. to orgasm and it dies. Oh. That is... The That's world's most devastating feeling. You need backup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really do. Like, there, but then you're like, man, but this was my favorite. I know. It's true. There was a There's specific, always a favorite. <laughs> there's a specific kind of thing that was going to happen with this one that the other ones don't provide. And now I'm stuck. It's true. I one time had that happen and then realized that I had run out of batteries for all of the other ones. And oh, I was angry. I can imagine. It's like hangry, but... Yeah, you, but you didn't get to orgasm. It's, it's the same. Yeah, it's totally. like probably That's what guys I, think blue balls is. I think all women should have a removable shower head. Just saying. for yeah, one hundred percent. Although national you thing, you can't <laughs> technically, ladies, listen up. <laughs> Neil, you too. Something to learn. Um, <laughs> you. Cannot have the water too hot or it will give well, you yeah. a yeast infection. Just be careful. Okay, sorry. Public <laughs> announcement. See, that's another thing where I'm just like, okay, but that's not a sex toy. And you have to use a sex toy for its intended purpose. <laughs> okay. I, listen, it's what I learned. It's, it is my education. All right, all right. You do you, boo. So, yeah, the worst feeling in the world. So she um, goes to the Sharper Image Store. <laughs> Which I don't even think exists anymore. I don't think so. I think they went out of business. I think they did. Um, most of them, if not all of them, mm-hmm. have gone out of business. So she goes back and she was like, my vibrator broke. And he's like, ma'am, that is a neck massager. And she was like, okay. 
My neck massager broke. <laughs> he was just like, whatever, pick out another one and bring it to the cashier. And then she suddenly, like, holds court in the massage section of the Sharper Image. And <laughs> tells all of these ladies, like, oh, you know, nope, not that one. That one almost, like, works against you. If we wanted to work that hard, we'd just find ourselves a man, am I right? <laughs> and they're, like, asking her all these questions, and it's hysterical. It's amazing that they're able to talk about that, but... Uh the mom wasn't able to talk about raising a child. Yeah. Like, they're okay with getting that advice. Yes. I wonder if that was, like, done intentionally. Oh, no. Nothing's done intentionally in this show. <laughs> Never mind. They're, <laughs> they're terrible on purpose. Okay. <laughs> um, so she then goes to Miranda's to watch the baby. Mm-hmm. Oslin chair breaks. And the resourceful gal that she is, she just brings out... The Nook Massanger puts it in the chair with the baby, and all is well, and it's the best. I thought that was ingenious. It was so, so great. I just love when Miranda came in and she's like, that better be brand new. <laughs> I'm like, please, like, it matters. Right? It worked. Like, it worked. I'm sure she would have washed it off before putting it in oh, there. Yeah. Even oh, if yeah. she didn't, there are worse things. <laughs> I'm sure he's had his shots. It's fine. <laughs> He's going to be okay. Just temper, <laughs> But yeah, that's all I had on. Samantha, was there anything else you wanted to add? Mm, I love, in a way, okay, so sometimes she's a bitch, but <laughs> I love that she is just after her own satisfaction. She's a shit friend, I give you that. But all, They all are. Yes, but <laughs> I love that she makes herself a priority, that she doesn't hide her sexuality her wants her needs i think that's amazing and i think more of us should have a little bit more of that about us yes not all the way not, not like all the way don't be a complete samantha, bitch but, but like be like a three percent samantha yes yes <laughs> yeah so i don't know i think we're so busy denying ourselves trying to do the right thing and trying to impress sure. everybody and you know just live up to the status quo i don't think we do enough for ourselves honestly yeah i don't think that we do either um my quick plug my friend um jessica levity uh did there's she has a thing called alchemist theater she does uh, the poly podcast if you're a previous listener of the show please uh once you're finished with this episode go back and listen to poly part one and poly part two because it's great, um, but she, through the Alchemist Theater, just did something called Maskless, and it talks kind of about that, and it's, like, interesting, it's a really, like, interesting, like, perspective on stuff, so if you're looking for something else to listen to, just go to YouTube and put in Alchemist Theater Maskless, um, and then also Self Love with Christopher Daniels, that is also super great. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, we definitely don't do the things that we should do for ourselves Mm -hmm. we put ourselves second especially as women we do that and then we get angry yeah because we're not getting what we need right and we should be taking care of ourselves and then we're not able to do what we want to do for others because we're trying to pour from an empty cup and yeah it just doesn't work yep and you have to put your oxygen mask on before you put on other people exactly (laughs) but everybody forgets that part yeah for sure So, um, let's go to Charlotte's. So, Charlotte, being the absolute bitch that she is, (laughs) she thinks she's so cute and so pure, (laughs) but, like, the fact that you went and your lawyer was too attractive, and so you went for the ugly lawyer instead... And just to be a shark and to get an apartment, mm-hmm. really shallow. Yeah, she's definitely a manipulator. <laughs> and I think most people pleasers are pe- manipulators in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was all about, like saving my own ass even though like I was trying to like I my I wasn't out of maliciousness or anything but it was about saving my own ass and I did like manipulate people's emotions and all that stuff and like I say not with malice at all but I wanted everybody to love me and I wanted everything to be wonderful so I Mm -hmm. definitely did what I could (laughs) yeah and that's such a it's such an interesting thing for me because I'm not like 
I'm a people pleaser, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to like you first. And then once I like you, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do something for you because, like, I love you and, you know, everything's great. But, like, if somebody doesn't like me, I'm like, okay, fuck you then. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I never go out of my way to convince people that I'm a good person. Right. And I just got there. Then (laughs) I am just growing into that where before I was like, everyone has to love me. Everyone thinks that I'm perfect and I'm adorable and yes, you must all love me. (laughs) And now I'm like, Ooh, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Yeah. That was a really hard thing for me to wrap my head around once I realized it. Mm -hmm. Once I was like, when I was a lot younger, I was like, why don't, why do those people are so mean to me? Like, why don't they love me? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a nice person. I'm a good person. Why don't you like me? And like, just kind of getting to that realization that it's like, Oh, they don't all have to like me. Mm-hmm. They're entitled to their wrong opinion. <laughs> That's fine. Like, I, yeah, I noticed that. Like, Bunny, her her whole the mother in law. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like her generation, her ideals, is what broke like the following generations because mm-hmm. I was raised by my grandmother, and you were to present your best self. You do not air your dirty laundry. Therefore, everyone will love you. So you must be doing something wrong if someone doesn't love you. Oof. Yeah. So I think that whole generational thing is like such a strong influencer on our behavior and our we're just a mess because of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have to have to agree with that cuz I um have you taken like the five love languages quiz? Uh, like, yes. Acts of service is my biggest one almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Like acts of service and then quality time like if you don't want to spend time with me and you aren't willing to do things for me then I don't really like you anymore and not like in a malicious way just like in a well we're not close Mm -hmm. and like it's so hard to separate because that's like my giving love language as well as acts of service so it's like I did something for you yes check it out like I love you I did this thing Mm -hmm. and that's not a super great thing to tie in because then now what I'm struggling with the most is if I am not giving who am I exactly and that's not what a is fun my thing. value if yeah. I'm not doing right absolutely yeah and that's a shitty struggle <laughs> I don't yeah. even know like I haven't even started on that that journey yet it's a rough one like I asked the question and I'm like well that's enough of that we'll look at that later <laughs> Put that chapter away. Be like, hey, I asked the question. That's gross. Yes. Let's think about that next week. Look, I need to vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something shiny. Oh, my God. Let's go, God. Yeah. It's yep. but terrible. Bunny yeah. very much pointed that out as, you know, I grew up in a time where you, you know, you took the vows more seriously and you're a failure and just, it was just spilling out of her mouth and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, that is what's wrong with us. Yeah. And that's so. so true, though, as well, as it's, like, you made a vow. Mm-hmm. And, like, both you and I know divorce is not, like, a fairy tale, like, romantic God, comedy no. kind of a thing. It's really emotional. There's so, so many emotions that go into that, both, like, good and bad and, like, oh, yeah. trying to figure yourself out again. And... A lot of that is the fact that, yeah, you gave your word. Mm-hmm. You stood up in front of all of your friends and family. And you said, I will love you in sickness and in health. Like, you know, through the good and the bad. And you didn't you didn't do that. I also said I was going to lose 20 pounds. But I didn't do that either. And I'm not that hard on myself about that. So why can't I chill out about the other? Right, exactly. <laughs> but we have this whole, like, stigma attached to it. Yeah. And it it's is a ridiculous. really, really weird weird thing that it like yep you're right mm-hmm. that's something that I said I was gonna do because I'm still very much that person where I'm if I said I'm gonna do something I'm mm-hmm. gonna do it and I think that's a good quality you should always try your damnedest but when it's at the detriment to both parties there is no reason to keep you know just bashing each other or whatever you're doing emotionally or whatever's going on mm-hmm. if you know you're destroying someone or they're destroying you it is time to move apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's ridiculous that you cling on to that ideal so tightly that you're willing to drown for it. Right. And you're right, though, because it's the older, 
the older people in your life that yeah. are dragging you down. My mm. mom gives me crap about it all the time. I swear I probably would not have gotten a divorce had my dad or my ex's mom had still been alive. Oh, wow. Like, I, I probably would not have been able to do that to either one of mm-hmm. them. Like, so I was you keeping, were living your life for them? Yeah. Wow. Well, and there, yeah. there's a weird parental thing with that. Mm-hmm. Like, when my dad passed away, like, of course it was sad and of course it was hard. But there were things that I started thinking about that I never would have done while he was alive. Mm-hmm. Like, gotten a tattoo, colored my hair strange... Maybe picked a job that wasn't the absolute best for me and wasn't, you know, to my best advantage. Mm -hmm. Like, now that I was no longer potentially letting him down, I was able to be more of myself. Now, was that all in your head or would he really, like, be disappointed? 100%. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I always wonder if we build it up more than we, you know, in all reality, because, like, in you know, my fairy tale world. Parents are going to love you no matter what. You know what I mean? If my kids come to me and say something just outlandish, I'll be like, all right, let's do this. I love you, but I think you're dumb and we'll move on. Mm. But it was, so it was really, Oh yeah. My, my dad was very much like, what are you doing? Taking that job? You're wasting your time. Mm. You know, you could be working on this and everything was very much a, like I would come to him and I'd be like, look, I wrote this short story and I worked really hard on it. And he would say, great, what's next? Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. So there's a lot of... Never satisfied with you. Yeah, never satisfied. Everything has to be building up upon something. And so, like, after his death, I had a really, really interesting, like, okay, you need to be good enough for the moment Mm -hmm. instead of always building towards something. I still do it. Yeah. But it's like, ingrained in you. It's going to yeah. be hard to not do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're totally right. Older generation is rough with that kind of yeah. stuff. And I mean, it's just what they learned. And they were just passing it down to us because they thought it worked. But mm-hmm. we're realizing, especially in this day and age, where we have so many complications in our life that it's just not a viable situation anymore. You know, it's it, you really don't have to be miserable if you don't want to be. It's mm-hmm. okay to change your life right it's okay to change your path it's okay to just be happy Mm -hmm. like there was a lot with with my dad where it'd be like no you have to keep hitting these goals and making higher ones and keep on going and like there came a point when it was close to him um like like we knew something was wrong Mm -hmm. and he just kind of like sighed and said to me one day he was like you know I don't think I'm going to get around to all of these projects. Hmm. And he never would have said that before. Oh, wow. It was always just tons of projects going on, all these things happening all of the time. And he honestly believed up until that moment that he could get all of it done. And it was such an, like a weird thing for me where I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to work on being happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to work on achievements I'm going to work on how something makes me feel if I feel satisfied with that it's okay Mm. like people who surf for a living and they make just enough money so that they can go out and they can surf every day aren't failures exactly they're happy now, do you think that that constant t- tinkering and constant growth for him, that was his happy? So he wanted to give that to you? Potentially. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. it might He's have like, been. this is it. I found it. I must give it to you. You will swallow this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he might. And I'm. it's not something, like, I don't think about it every day. Like, mm-hmm. God damn it, Dad. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it, it was what it was. Sure. It was just, it's so weird to, like, choose a different path mm-hmm. from what your parents decided was supposed to be it good for you like it's hard it is hard but you're doing it look at you go girl but yeah i think he honestly would be really happy with this podcast maybe not the subject matter (laughs) but just the fact that i was like yeah i'm gonna do a podcast i'm gonna see it all the way through and it's gonna be a thing and i'm gonna put it out there like i think that he would be really proud that it was like a project that i started and completed that's awesome yeah i say that like it hasn't been completed yet but like it will be yes like i believe in you dead set on you got this (laughs) So that's, I mean, so yeah, so Charlotte ends up getting the apartment because Trey sends a telegram that basically is like, mom, stop, Mm -hmm. stop it. You're such a bitch. (laughs) Just give her whatever (laughs) she wants. And whatever she wants is apparently just the apartment. Mm -hmm. So it all works out and everything's fine. And Charlotte tries to make it 
right and bunny is having none of it which right. is fine because who cares that people pleaser thing is she didn't have to have that interaction what bunny thinks of her is none of her business just move on yeah but um it was important to her apparently but she didn't get the satisfaction that she wanted from that interaction obviously mm-hmm. but that apartment probably meant nothing to that family but yep. you know it was it was her what she needed it was so. the hill that she wanted to die on yeah yeah so that's charlotte so you should move on to Carrie. Hmm. It's so hard for Carrie. <laughs> she <laughs> drove me extra bananas in this episode. <laughs> Just so, like, insecure and all about me. And she was driving me nuts. Yeah, she is anxiously awaiting her book review from some person from the New York Times who's completely unpronounceable and everybody made fun of it the whole time. So that makes me think that it's a real person. Yep. So I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't read the New York Times, but I'm guessing the like that person that sounds like they should be a contestant on the Iron Chef is probably <laughs> important. So I apologize because I'm not going to mur- just murder your name on this podcast. I'm just not going to say it. So um, she is at... A cheesy uh, Broadway review, which I thought they only had those in like Middle America. Why is that happening in New York City when you could literally walk That's down like the street? Off, off, off Broadway, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's like so. And maybe off- that one's the ones you can afford. You know what I mean? Maybe right. this is like the hundred dollar night versus the five hundred dollar night. I don't know. <laughs> it's the five hundred dollar night when they all take their know. tops off. No, <laughs> I'll start saving now. That's how- <laughs> You know what's really, really sad is that I grew up in Nevada, and so there are so many times where I will go and I will watch a dance show and not understand why they aren't, like, taking off clothes while they're dancing, because it's so ingrained in me that, like, that's what happens. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Normal casino activity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I watch these things, and I'm like, that's weird. They kept their coats it's on the whole time. never... It never happened. What's it, going on? Was, I didn't see any boobs. They missed their cue. Yeah. I was like, this isn't the evening. This is the midnight show. Take it all off. Please. It's so... It's embarrassing, but, like, I legitimately am like, oh, no, I don't want to go to the later show. I don't really want to see boobs. I'll go to the family one. And people are like, what are you talking about? They're all the same. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, so they're a off to the ninth degree Broadway review. So terrible. Just because um, Marcus um, is one of the backup dancers. And she runs into Aiden's ex in the bathroom who makes a face at her. When she announces that she's like, I dated Aiden after you. <gasps> Ooh. And makes this sour pussy face that Carrie then takes and runs with for the whole episode. Somebody made a face at her and she let it affect her so much. I totally understood, like, being nervous for the review. That's your work. That's your livelihood. You know, the anxiety of your work being judged. That that I got but this girl in the face was so ridiculous to focus on. Like, we don't even know to the end if she was actually thinking that. Right. We never found out what the face actually was. Yeah. And I honestly feel like we think that it's about us so much more often yes. than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's thinking about you that much. Unless they're, like, desperately in love with you, they're probably not thinking about you, like... Like, that intently. And it's like, maybe there was a face, because there was a moment where she was like, whoo, you fucked him up. And then it was a, she was moved on. Mm -hmm. She didn't think about it the way that Carrie thought about it. Yeah. The whole episode and complained about it. And she was worried that she was spreading her gossip all over SNL and, like, ridiculous. Because Gwyneth Paltrow cares about your ex, you know? Yeah. It was just so silly and so egocentric and... It was completely ridiculous i mean even miranda at one point says shut up you're spinning Mm -hmm. and like i get it i get spinning (laughs) i've done it i've been a party to Mm -hmm. it it's not a pretty thing to do sure um so it's like i understand but also she took it to a ridiculous extreme and and also screwed over her friends in the meantime there were so many moments where she could have been a good friend and she was just so involved in this 
that it was just ridiculous. Yeah, she. Nobody listens to anyone the entire episode. <laughs> it's bonkers. They're such horrible friends. They are to each other. I was thinking, what is her name? Miranda. The mm-hmm. mom needed to be friends with the other, the four D lady. Yeah. The, the other mom. She needed to drop these girls and go over there. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> 100 percent. i yeah. would have been like look all of the kids play together yes. we'll have wine play date will be great <laughs> um she did do our i couldn't help but wonder so she says why do we believe our own re- our worst reviews which is actually a fairly significant interesting question like why do we choose to believe the bad things that people say about us far more than the good things people say about us. That is definitely a hard question to answer. I think it's universal. I think we all do mm-hmm. it. For sure. Um, I think we're almost taught to do that, though. Like, we're not taught to celebrate ourselves. We're not taught to celebrate the small accomplishments. You know, like, there's the whole Facebook, I get a gold star because I got out of bed and got dressed today. Like, yes. like it's a joke, but it's not. Mm-hmm. We should be celebrating the tiniest things and, you know, believing in ourselves and priding ourselves on our daily little stupid accomplishments. And, again, that previous generation that set the expectations so high and don't show your weak spots and all of that, I think that really contributes to us you know, tearing ourselves down like that. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says, oh, yes, you are wrong about that, and we already had that split second of thought, we're like, oh, shit, I knew it. I, I was right. Crap. I am a yeah. piece of crap, you know? Yeah. So I think it just feeds that, you know, that programming that we had from our younger years and our older generations and all the yuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the yuck that I am all, currently shedding. <laughs> all the super yuck. Yeah. Yes. It's so... I don't know why the negative stuff is easier to believe, but it absolutely is. I um, retweeted something the other day because there's this woman saying, like, it just, like, if a guy tells me I'm beautiful, it doesn't really resonate. It doesn't mean anything. And I'm like, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, women, if women, if a woman compliments me, if a woman says, hey, that dress is really cute, I know that she thought about it. I know that she was like, yeah, that's a good cut. It's a good color on her. Mm-hmm. Like, that looks good on you. Whereas a dude's like, oh, I can see some of your tits. Like, right. it doesn't mean the same thing. It doesn't mean, like, they're not putting as much thought into it. They just say I think beautiful. I think we're always questioning men's motives, too. True. <laughs> so, yes. so I think, you know, as, when it comes from a girl, you're right. They do think about it. They do have a, an, you know, an eye generally for what looks good on another woman. So I think that's where you, where you do it. But um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Dang it! I should have wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I totally agree with you. Oh, I know mm-hmm. because we were taught that big ego is bad. Yeah. So well, if you toot your own horn yeah. too loud, you're a self-centered bitch, and that's not okay. So everybody's going to hate you. Mm-hmm. So you can't toot your own horn. You can't be too proud of yourself. You can't be too confident, or you are yuck. And right. that's, you like... You have to be super humble, yes. which is, I think, not... It doesn't serve anyone. I think that everyone should be realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely not going to walk out my front door and be like, I am the greatest beauty in the land. <laughs> But this, to someone you are, damn it. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, like, you it, can feel that way on the inside. As long as you're not cutting anybody else, you can totally think right. that. I mean, but I can say, like, I'm dry and sarcastic, and I can, like, go back and forth with, like, the best of them. Mm-hmm. I can say that with confidence, because mm-hmm. that's something that I can do. Like, I have realistic views of myself. <laughs> and I think that when it comes to people viewing themselves... Mm-hmm. There are certain things that they don't want to see. Yes. Like, their their negatives they don't really want to see, and their positives are not going to boost up I don't enough. know if that's they don't want to see it. I think it's that they don't want anyone else to see it, so they're not going right. to focus or yes. highlight that. for You know, right. they're going to hide that at all costs. And, you know, mm-hmm. look at, I'm pretty, look at, I'm pretty, right. don't mind that I'm, sh- you know, shallow or whatever, right. you know. Yeah. I mean, we do that, like, even with fashion all the time. Somebody's like, man, you look really great in scoop necks. And I'm like, I know, because it distracts from my giant shoulders. <laughs> you didn't notice that I had giant shoulders. You just noticed that I scoop neck 
fooled you. Got it. Oh my god! <laughs> but giant that's, shoulders. I never noticed your giant shoulders because I wear scoop necks. Oh my god! Stop. That's why. Stop because it. I know if I wore like spaghetti straps, you'd be like, Jesus Christ! You're like a linebacker. <laughs> I'm and going then, to come over with a tank top, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and then you would notice that I have to go sideways through doors. Stop. Like, stop your face. You lie. <laughs> but no, like, we, we are, we're trained, like, as women to mm-hmm. do that, though. Mm-hmm. Where yes. there's certain things where you're like, okay, you, like, I don't wear lipstick because then it would attract, like, people to look at my lips and my upper lip is like not there but it's and so it's lame like, because it's so a society funny. thing it's a it's a generational thing because that you know certain looks were different you know back in different mm-hmm. time periods different yeah, bodies and different is beauty totally is so different. different in the standards so it's so lame it's, it's so it drives me nuts yeah no it's lame but i think that it's one of those things where i think we've gotten to the point where we do what we think looks best for us Mm -hmm. rather than like what looks best for society. I think many of us have, but not Not all of us. us, Because obviously, you know, trends are still a thing. Trends are still a thing. And if the trend works for you, then like go for it. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Sometimes the people who like go after the trends and they clearly should not be doing so Mm -hmm. like the like wide frame glasses like you look beautiful in your glasses i look beautiful in my glasses just yes, saying you do. I, we have the right like face shape but then there's some people that like it just makes their face look enormous yeah and it's like maybe you shouldn't do that yeah. like just because it's the thing doesn't mean it's your thing right right no definitely i definitely go based off of what works for me and if i can't wear the whole look i'll just grab a little piece of the look right know, just to integrate it into what i can do yeah. so and if it works for you then just go the fuck yeah. after it while it's still in fashion i do have a thing that says just because it fits doesn't mean you should wear it yes <laughs> yep i have a similar one which is it might be nice on the rack but it might not be nice on your rack <laughs> <laughs> she said rack <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, um, so Carrie goes as far as to call Steve over and hang out, when in reality she just wants to bitch about Nina Katz, Mm -hmm. and says, it wasn't so bad, was it? Like, the breakup wasn't that bad. How is he now? Mm -hmm. He's fine now. She's highlighting the good to hide the bad. Right? Yeah. And she's like, well, what happened when we broke up? And he's like, well, I brought him chicken wings because he couldn't get out of bed for weeks. Mm-hmm. Did he say weeks or he's, months? She asked a day's weeks, oh, yeah, and days he said weeks. a month. And he yeah. said a month, yeah. So a whole month, a man couldn't get out of bed. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know if I've ever met a man that <laughs> took that long to get over a breakup, honestly. Right? Yeah, but. me neither. Usually it's like... They're in bed with somebody else by, like, the time the sun goes down on <laughs> the first day of their breakup. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's crazy, like, how much she's obsessing over this to the point where she wants validation from Steve. Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, I'm not going to give it to you. Like, <laughs> he, was, he was really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um... But, like, I had a question, which was, like, if he didn't get out of bed for a month, who's running his business? <laughs> you, you have a furniture business, man. Step up. Like, no matter how upset I was during my breakup, I never missed a day of work. Yeah. Like, you hold it together, you go home, and then you cry. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, you still have to live your life. Like, I, I know. Maybe they just had better savings accounts than we did. Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, like, I had to work through everything. Yeah, so. I don't have, like, I don't have the luxury. Exactly. To have a breakdown. I think that's real life versus TV, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. There's some people that I know of that do that. Though. Really? Yeah, that will legit be like, I'm calling out to work for weeks at a time. Ooh. And because I'm depressed or whatever. And I'm Wild. like, I don't know that FMLA is going to cover you for that long, pal. Right. But they do. And then... They rely on other people to help them get back on their feet. Mm, see, yeah. And see, that's where I can't accept help in that way. I'm severely independent with that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, I never want to be beholden to anyone else when it comes to my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. I could never 
lose my job because I was upset about a breakup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that kind would of be wild. Well, that, and you know it's just going to cause additional stress. You're going right. to have to find another way to be employed and make money. So you are just complicating the situation by doing that. So mm-hmm. really, what is the value of sitting at home? Yeah. Like, there is, I got shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be wealthy enough to make that work. We were just not born to the right families. No, <laughs> not at all. Missed my silver spoon. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's so sad. And then we we end the episode with a random Heather Graham cameo, because apparently she wasn't doing anything. Apparently. So why not a uh, guest star on Sex and the City for a hot second? Probably a fan. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but she, like, does the face. Heather Graham does the face. As though and they've been chatting. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, ugh. She doesn't even do it well. <laughs> God bless her. She tries hard, but Heather Graham. Yeah. Woof. (laughs) Not a fan. And yeah, so she goes and gets a pretzel Mm -hmm. with Stanford and Carrie has it out with Nina and says, listen, like it was very private. And I'm like, listen, he, she dated him after you. It's not private. Right. It's part of his story. And he told it Mm -hmm. to her. Like, to say that it's private in that sense is weird to me. So I've been in a similar situation where an ex did not want me talking about the relationship in any sense or form of the way, which I completely disagree with. Because when you talk to your next interest or your friends or, you know, whoever's in your tribe at the time after supporting you, you need that feedback. You need that venting. You need that validation so you can move on in whatever way you want. Mm -hmm. So if anybody, you know what I mean? I just, that hit home where she's like, it wasn't that way. It was okay. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. no, not in his world, in his perception. It was a completely different story. You can't change that. Right. No matter what your perspective is, that's not his perspective. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're not allowed to try and change his narrative. Mm -hmm. That's just not how that works. Yeah. And yeah, you, you are allowed to talk to anyone about your story and it really really bothers me that some people are like that where mm-hmm. they want to control how a situation ended right when it's like you're just you're wanting to control it because you're gonna look like a shithead that's all yeah and everybody's perspective is different even if you came to me and you bagged on somebody you knew i'm like okay that's her that's her perspective i know there's another side i really don't care about that other side but i do know there's another side i'm not sure. oblivious yeah. to it i mean there's always but you're my friend and i'm gonna be on your side that's just how it is that's how friendship works but it's mm-hmm. okay you need to vent you need that you know, and if I need to tell you you're being dumb, I'll tell you in the most loving, adorable right. way. As long as you're tactful. <laughs> I love honesty. <laughs> I just but don't like harsh honesty. I think it was cool that Stanford was the one who put her in her place. And she yes. actually heard him. I thought yeah. that was cool. She did. And that was really nice that he was able to do that. Or mm-hmm. maybe it was just a, uh, like, last like last call kind of thing like he was the last one somebody the list. had to yeah literally everyone except for charlotte had like lost their shit on her at that yeah point. so i think it just true. finally hit home for her but yeah she's it really does bug me though mm-hmm. like people wanting to control other people's narratives yeah it's a hard situation to be in for sure yeah like there's no if it was, like, two people, you and I were talking about, like, person A and person B. Neither mm-hmm. one of them was us. Mm-hmm. That's not really our business. Right. We could gossip and we could, like, speculate or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in the end, like, it's not our thing. But if I had a relationship with someone or something, I'm allowed to talk about it. Exactly. Like, you can't stop me from talking about it. Yeah. And if you wanted me to not talk about it with anybody, then you shouldn't have started with me in the first place. It's true. Because I, if I've learned anything from my divorce is that I need a strong friend base to get me through. Mm -hmm. That is important to me. That is something that means a lot to me. And it's like, and I have weeded people out. You know, I've built people up and I think that I have a really, really strong group of women to pull from when I need something. Yeah. I don't think one person can be your all. So I think you need that group 
you know, where you know this person is good at this and this person is good at that and you, you get all that different input and you get all the different perspectives. I think that's a healthy way to grow yourself mm-hmm. and not get stuck in your own head in your own demented world. And I don't know, once you're stagnant and once you're not getting that input, it's a dangerous place to be. Yep, for sure. Yeah. And that's the episode. So, Kay, if they absolutely adored you, which, of course, they're going to. <laughs> I hope so. Where can they find you? Do you have any public pages or things where I, they can find you? You know, I don't, but I'm cool with everybody <laughs> knowing my Facebook. I don't even care. Um, if you're weird, I'll delete you. But I'm uh, Kay James on Facebook, and I'm, like, the bright redhead on there. So you'll see me. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to find me, I'm at Paige Clarno on Twitter. I'm at Paige and Rena Land on Instagram. And on Facebook, I have a public Facebook page because I'm not as cool as Kay. <laughs> you cannot be my personal Facebook friend, um, which is Paige Clarno, comma, podcaster, etc. There's basically one person, Wendy, on it. So thanks, Wendy. <laughs> for, hey, Wendy. Thanks, thanks for liking my posts on that. Um and if you wanted to find us, we are at We Swear on Chanel on Instagram and on Twitter. And we are at I Couldn't Help the Podcast on Facebook. Uh, please like and subscribe and all that bullshit. Um, <laughs> and thank you so much for coming and guest starring on such incredibly short notice you're a rock star problem i'm glad to do it (laughs) god bless you um this comes out on wednesday is there anything else that you want to plug are you doing uh, a walk of some kind oh yeah as a matter (laughs) of fact the carson city ghost walk is on october 19th in carson city come learn about a little history and some ghost stories and it's a good day you can buy tickets on facebook i think it's under carson city ghost walk Perfect. Go check that out. Excellent. So we will um, see you there. Uh, Until then, remember, always Always wear a condom. (laughs) Bye. It's not stopping. It's not stopping.